This is the Reconstructed Man Podcast. My name is Lane Ingram. And I'm Daniel Thurman. The Reconstructed Man Podcast is the place where we explore the transgender experience by sharing our stories and lifting up the voices of others. This show is for everybody, trans, cis, and everyone in between. It's about building community and connections, and we're so glad that you're here with us. Yes, we are. What up, Daniel? What up? How are you doing today? I'm doing great, actually. I have on a new sweatshirt that I really like. It's like... uh slimming yet cool mm, so, okay i like that happy about it yeah it looks warm too because it is freaking cold right now yeah it's super cold it's actually not that warm it's like much more um stylistic so mm. i have to make sure to wear something warm underneath, underneath it that will really <laughs> complement it like it's almost see-through so like no not warm at all okay okay so it's like a okay it just makes you look warm and cozy but then you got like three t-shirts underneath exactly <laughs> right it's like a really cool sweatshirt that like okay. looks sweet or whatever but it's like not actually going to produce any sweat okay i gotcha all right i appreciate that it's very, it's a very like waffly fabric yeah. so yeah it's very yeah. breathable it's like linen you know mm-hmm. it's like mid-season it's it's all it's a it's year round mm-hmm. put it like that mm-hmm. year round i, I could wear yeah. this on a on a summer morning mm-hmm you know right so we're good how are you i'm good i'm good i'm good anything you want to tell us about your shirt or are we good <laughs> no i don't need to tell you anything about my shirt okay. yeah oh, okay. go check it out though if you like music go check it out what is it uh it's in memphis, memphis. Uh-huh. recording service yeah yeah you know memphis is known for the recording do. industry so yeah. i do yeah so this is from a trip that when i went there uh to sun studios i grabbed it uh, mm-hmm. We'll have to talk one day and tell everybody about all the places that you've actually been. But I don't think today is that day because we have a lot to today do, is, right? Today is certainly not that day, but we do have a lot to do and we are on a time limit. So what are we going to be doing today? Yes, today's show is called Q&A. And that is because we'll be answering questions that we found on the internet, which I think is going to be awesome. Yeah, so we're going to be taking 30 minutes. We're going to answer as many questions as we possibly can on trans-related issues. And we also want to let you guys know that starting this month, we plan to do this every month, offer a Q&A. Uh, but we're looking for our audience to let us know what questions you have. So to get those questions to us, email's great. Facebook is awesome as well. Instagram will be available and on our website. Any place you can find us, uh, let us know what your questions are, Daniel at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to feature those uh in 30 minutes that we're going to allot ourselves every week, every month, every month. Absolutely. So these questions today, they're from a bunch of sources. Okay. So I belong to um, several trans FTM LGBTQ plus groups on Facebook. I follow a lot of different people on Twitter and I often see questions from people at different points and, and parts of their journey. And so I thought it would be awesome to kind of take some of those and answer them. I mean, you're asking, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, Daniel and I have some of these experiences and some of these questions I haven't even thought of. And it's like, I wonder what the answer is from Daniel. So we're going to take 30 minutes and I'm going to make sure that Daniel is ready before I hit the timer, because we're really going to do this. I'm you ready? always ready. You are always ready. I'm, born okay. ready. I'm hitting go. the timer. The timer starts now. Question number one, has anyone been so dysphoric that you don't think you can handle it? That's a question to us. Have we yeah. ever been so yeah. dysphoric that we didn't know if we could handle it? Yeah. Oh, man, what? that's the question you're going to start with. Yeah, man. 
All right. Are you going to answer first? Or you want me to answer first? Well, I mean, should we should we explain what dysphoria that's is? A, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah, let's do that. Right. So, okay, you start there. I'll answer the question first. How's that? Okay. Great. We've so, already lost 40 seconds, Daniel. We have to do better. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> dysphoria, and this needs to be its whole show on, onto itself. So maybe we'll do that. Um, but but for folks that don't know, um, dysphoria is the sense of not feeling connected uh, with your gender identity and your biological sex. And so that um, incongruence will cause a lot of issues. And so dysphoria, as it's known in the psychological world, is... Um, it's the issues and the problems and the mental health um, issues or the, the, the identified disability, if you will. Um, I, I reject that it's a disability, but the psychological um, community finds it to be uh, a, a disorder, essentially, where we don't we have issues that relate to how we identify with ourselves and our gender and what our bodies are actually doing. And that is the kind of the crux, um, the medical crux of um, being transgender. 100%. And Daniel's right. We do have to do probably a show on this because part of it, you have to, right now, at least you have to have that diagnosis to move forward in your trans journey. You have to right. have gender dysphoria, which is hard, but a means to an end. So mm -hmm. to answer that question, has anyone ever had dysphoria so bad that you can barely stand it? Yes, 100%. And I, um, and I think after having my top surgery, for example, I, it, the weight of that dysphoria, um, about that part of my body lifted off and get, and I mean, it helped, you know I mean? So yes, I think a lot of trans people have it where they can't handle it. I think it gets to be too much. And some people that don't have support, that don't have love, that don't have allies, that's when bad things can often happen. Because if you are feeling disconnected from your body, which the majority of us have for the for for most of our lives, it's hard to be. It's hard to look in the mirror. You don't I mean it. It is, and so I say definitely yes. What do you say? Yeah, yes for me too. And I'll explain that in a second. I want to go back though to um to ask you a question about your kind of your scenario and your experience because you were different than than you process it different than I did. Right. And what I think I hear from you is that, um, or what kind of connecting it to stories that you've shared before is that you, you didn't know you had dysphoria, right? Like you didn't right. know that's what it was. And so there right. was a part of you that just ignored that for your whole life and kind of yep. survived on, okay, maybe I'm a lesbian, maybe, you know, um, I like women yep. and I, I just don't like my body or whatever. Like, yep. and then you focused heavily on sports. Right. Yep. Um, and I, I know of other folks and this is kind of my question to you is I know other folks that once you realize like, Oh, that's the problem. Like that is the identity I have. I think I'm, I'm trans or I'm non-binary or whatever it is that when, when that reality hits, that light bulb goes off, it's almost like you fall over from like, now what? Right. So did you have that yeah. experience? Like when it was like, Oh, I do have gender dysphoria. Now what, now that I'm aware of it, I don't know how to solve it. I don't know the first thing about it. Like what was your experience now, when you, when you did have that, that yeah, reality? When arrive? you don't know what it is. I mean, seriously, going through my entire life being so disconnected from my body on the top and bottom, no lie. I mean, just like, mm. I don't like these things. They don't fit. I don't understand. Right. And then when I got older and was out of college, like I was heavier because I wasn't a 
division one athlete anymore. And like, these got bigger. I mean, like really gross and hard. And it, it makes, it makes relationships difficult, mm -hmm. but I had no idea that that was actual dysphoria. I just thought something just isn't right. And so when I realized it, right? Like, no, I didn't like the medical term. I didn't like that. I had to have, have some, have a diagnosis, but I use this phrase all the time being punched in the chest. Like it was like, Oh, oh like, Oh my, like I, there's not something wrong with me. Like I, this is valid why I feel this way. And so I think I was able to channel it into something positive where other people, you know, don't, mm -hmm. you know, and that's where, the, that's where the trouble begins. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's what I'd say. That's, that's such a good point because you know, there's different ways that we handle dysphoria, uh, different ways throughout our lifetime too. And I think that there are healthy ways and there's non healthy ways to handle it. So for me, you know, I duct taped and that was an incredibly dangerous thing that I engaged in. But at the time I had no other, uh, I had no other like survival mechanisms in place. Like that was survival to me. Um, I didn't have people talking to me. I didn't have a therapist, a mental health therapist. You know, I didn't have doctors that I could speak to about. It. I didn't have family I can speak to about it. Um, so I would definitely recommend to anyone that's going through this and is having a hard time, which any of us that identify as non-binary or trans, um, we're going to have a hard time with dysphoria. It's going to be different day by day, but I would just encourage folks to look towards the things that are healthy that can help with dysphoria. And there's a lot you can do is, uh, you mm -hmm. know, Lane had mentioned sports and like taking care of your body is one way that I've dealt with dysphoria um, in this kind of second half of my life, which is like eating healthy, working out constantly, um, not getting obsessed with body image, but just taking care of it and seeing good changes and feeling proud of, you know, different features of my body I have control over. Um, I think those are all really, really important things that do help to minimize the effect of dysphoria. But yeah, man, it's it. it it's, it's real. It's real. Yeah. And I had a, a horrible time for many, many years um, trying to to deal with dysphoria. Um, you know, hormones, when you can get to that point for most of us, help yes. surgery can help those of us that choose to have different um, surgeries. Uh, but there's a host of things you can do right now in your living room or bedroom, which is just take care of your body. Um, I think there was a period, too, that I had where I just kind of gained weight because it's like you're trying to kind of, you know, hide yeah. things or you just don't like yeah. your body. So you're not doing good things for it. But I think uh, it's important to look at it in the reverse and do the healthy and get your body in shape and do the things you can to control it. Um, but don't get too extreme. Don't get, you know, body obsessed, body image obsessed, but just do what you can um, to stay healthy. But absolutely. Absolutely. Mm hmm. Yep. You're not alone. Not we all. all feel that way. And even some of us who have gotten to this point, we all have things, you know, and that's part of being a human a little bit, but like we all have our things, you know, so wherever you're at, you're doing great. Okay. All right. Question two. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Show's over. 30 minutes is up. <laughs> right. Sheesh. Okay. okay. Question two. You're going to love this one. How do you feel? about being referred to as a trans or a transgender <laughs> <laughs> with the with the the letter and word a in front of it right right yeah i mean you are a transgender daniel so uh, yeah i mean what <laughs> i don't I mean, feel good about it i don't think anyone should be referred with a in front of anything that that they're being Correct. described as i mean that just feels pretty cold and um stereotypical you know so that that's terrible huh 
I like I I I never felt comfortable being referred to or referring even to myself as trans up until a few years ago at mm. all. Like I didn't want it to be part of my identity. I wanted it to just be a, you know, a cis male, I guess. Uh, but then that changed and and now I'm I'm learning to have a very deep sense of pride for my trans identity. And so I like to to acknowledge it because it is a huge factor in who I am um, and my past. Uh, so I like it, but I don't know <laughs> if I, wa I would ever want someone to, to put a label on me as much as for the people just to know and be aware that it's a part of who I am, uh, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Well, how about you? What do you think well, about it? I'm looking at this as like, I'm looking at this very literally one, mm -hmm. right? Like, because people do do that. And for example, there was an article and some people are, are well-intentioned and they just, maybe they don't know how to, how to phrase it or how to put it. But I'm like, can you think like when the uh, Biden at Biden administration overturned the trans military ban, I can't remember what article it was, but they were like, um, transgenders allowed in the military again. Mm. And it's just like, yeah, but like, it, it, you know, so I don't, I don't love it. I think there's just a better way, right? Like mm. the military ban on transgender people was lifted or, you know, there's no longer a trans military ban or, mm. you know what I mean? So to your point, the A in front of it is problematic. Um, I I identify as trans all the time though. Like I told you, newsletters, articles, whatever. Um, but like even on my Twitter profile, right? Like my very first thing says trans and super cool with it. So I think there's some of the whole like we might be able to say some things that other people can't, and that just is what it is too. Mm -hmm. You know, like right. So maybe that's where I'm at. But no, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Don't call me a trans. Yeah. Well, and then you know the 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 other part of the the issue is with just nomenclature in general and using the word trans to identify people that fit into a non, uh, you know, specifically male or female or mm -hmm. born male or female category. And part of what we're, I think, exposing as transgender people is that there's this binary system that doesn't work, right? That we've put mm -hmm. these boxes in society that don't encapsulate everyone, nor should they, and they change throughout people's lives, right? So as soon as we now say, well, there's not just male and female, now there's trans, then now there's trans and cis, and those are two new binaries that we created. So I think we have to be really careful in general when we use words, even from a trans, yeah. you know, sometimes I feel like I might be limiting people um, when I just say cis, right? Um, mm. So anyways, just things to think about, about being aware of words and terminology in general and how that can isolate people or not. Um, right. But know, think about how you them. just said that. You just said transgender people, right? And that's all I'm saying, as opposed to transgenders. Mm -hmm. Like if you say that, like, you know what I mean? That it feels, it's not derogatory, but it feels derogatory. For sure the way you put it so mm -hmm. that's what i'd say to that question right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i feel that oh, okay Ooh. <laughs> you ready for number three i'm ready i think if you could change one thing about being trans what would it be mm. you go first <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess if i was going to take the easy route the the one thing that i would change like for everyone is that like it was just okay you know, like trans was just, it's just a, you would universally just, make it not a thing anymore. Yeah. It's just That's not a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, hi, 
like it doesn't even matter one but you know what i mean i guess if i had to change one thing about being trans it would be that it doesn't matter that i am um and that you know other people like me don't have to fear for their lives when they walk down the street in certain places um you know on a personal note i would say i would you want me to be honest about the one thing yes, I, changed? Please. I mean yeah i guess i mean in a magical world, I would hope that when you start to transition and do hormones, that like you could get everything. <laughs> like, like you know, you have to do something surgically, right? But like, I just would want. I see. The thing I would change about trans is that like I would want everything a to magic happen. pill, a magic yeah. pill that just like I auto yeah, Like okay, uh -huh. like I got it. You know, I might have to take my testosterone still every week, right? But like for these other things, I need now that I know, I. Can I just get the stuff I need? And it's free. <laughs> right? <laughs> that Covered by universal good. healthcare. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, that could, that would be for everybody, though. Like, your pill, whatever you need for your transition, right? Like, that's you got that. That's what I would change about it. And I know it's impossible, but, like, there's just some things going back to our dysphoria. You know, like, I'm as happy as, as can be. I feel like I look like myself and I look great. But there's some things you know, that I wish had turned out differently when I was born. Shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Go. Mm -hmm. What do you, what would you change? Uh, right now, what I'm heavily focused on in, in, in my life and our life and in, in trans world is the voice of trans people getting out there. And we know that we're at a tipping point right now where we are finally starting to see the experiences of trans people be told in an authentic way. But I mean, this is just the very beginning of it. Um, and so for me, I just want to make sure that the trans story can be told in an appropriate way. And the people that want to share their stories have a platform to do it. So that's something I'm really focused on right now. We're, we're starting with this podcast, but um, it's generated a lot of other ideas and projects and I think uh, for me, it's really just making sure that people can understand the trans experience and it varies, yeah. but that what's been told up until now in this society is not, uh, in fact, what the trans experience is really like. So I want that story to be told. I want more and more and more people to understand what, um, what it means to be trans, non-binary um, in all its capacity. That's one thing I would change. I love that. That's beautiful. And I'm not saying that in a way that is a, that, that, that is real. And especially with all this, um, trans girls and sports stuff that's going around, mm -hmm. it, it just kind of ties in, right? Like yeah. the story hasn't been told accurately and the people who are trying to tell it, we have to get that out there. Just like we talked about with disclosure and Janae and transformer, like you need to see real examples of these people. Just one quick example, just real quick. I saw a tweet the other day that said, like 45 years ago, a woman, a trans woman was fighting to compete in an event, right? And the thing that people said then was, you know, we might do it now, but what's going to happen, you know, to all the other girls in the future? And it's been 45 years. So it's like, you've been waiting, you know, or expecting this takeover to happen. And it's just not the case. Like, you can't come here in 2021 with this humongous issue that just does not exist. Mm -hmm. And that is misinformation. That's fear. That's transphobia. And so like what you just said would be great if we could do a better job of letting people know what it's actually like and how people actually get to this point in their life and who they actually are.
right? Like just other humans. So, right. right. Wow. Yeah. That one get me a little hot. It did. And, yeah. you know, it brought up something else, though, that's so important, which is when the real story is not being told and there's misinformation and there's um, there's fear generated by things that people don't know or understand correctly. One of the results of that for the trans community has been violence, right? The yes. misinterpretation and misunderstanding yes. and the threat to what trans means to someone else has directly resulted in violence. Um, and that that Death. is probably the quintessential issue for trans people right now or for our allies right now is that the violence against trans has to stop. The, the result of transphobia... Uh, the effect of it in in our societies is uh, it's horrific and that needs to stop. So I would say, you know, probably giving it a few more seconds of thought and based on some of what you said too, the answer to this question really has to be the number one thing that has to stop first before we even get to anything else is violence yep. has to end. Violence has not, it cannot be anymore the, the response to transphobia. So we got to start there and then, then let's work our way outside of that. 100%. We can agree on that answer. That's our mm. final answer. The violence has to stop. That's what we would change. Stop killing us. Thank you. Woo. Yeah. Not you that are listening. Sorry. Whoa. But it's a, I mean, when you think about 2020, right? I mean, I, I, that trans day of remembrance, and I think about the names that scrolled down up and down that, that video, you know, 40 people just killed for existing. So, yeah. A little hot. Yeah, I we just lost a, 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 a trans person in uh, Puerto Rico uh, yep. a couple weeks ago, right? I mean, it's just it's just story after story right now, and it, it's got to stop. It does. All right, here we go. Question number three. Is anyone else at that point where they realize it doesn't matter, trying to be masculine, to be more manly, people will say what they will, and usually people say dumb stuff anyway. So is anybody else at the point where it doesn't matter if you try to be masculine. Yeah, I like this. Me too. I hear from... I'm, oh, go ahead. Oh, go. No, you go. Mm, I, I think what I hear from this, maybe I'm wrong, maybe you interpret it differently. What I think I hear from this is that there's, um, you know, there's preconceived notion about what masculine and feminine are and um, are trans people are non-binary people trying to be fluid within that or try to, to, to identify in a certain way because that's the expectations of society. I would say if that's the question, I don't feel that way for me, that I'm constantly fighting against society's expectations of what masculinity is supposed to look like mm -hmm. and just try to be myself. Now, that's not always easy. You start to realize when you do self-examine that you do do some things that are, you know, typical you know, masculine identified traits or, or what, whatever it might be, you know, and, and then in a cis community, a, a cis straight community, sometimes I do things that are looked at as very feminine and maybe gay perceived mm. as gay. And I really just try to fight back and just try to be myself, but it takes a lot of self self observation to be able to do that, you know, critical self-reflection. But is that how you interpreted the question? I think that's a little interesting. Bit this is one of those questions that that's how you took it. Cause yeah, but also like, this is something that I'm really um, into. And that's what our podcast is about a little bit too, right? Like looking at we're two trans guys and what does that mean to be a man today? Right. And so mm -hmm. this is something that I think about all the time. I think about it in a number of ways and I'm taking this question and, and pointing it back at myself, right? Like how do we react, but also what, 
what do we do that um that goes towards this also right like what do i do internally that would that that makes this question come up right like who like are outside people making me feel this way or am i doing this to myself because of what i think the societal construct should be and so i'm sort of in the middle right i feel like as a trans person i'm saying to myself like i can only be me I can only be me, whatever that looks like, however I am, you know, however I respond to things, my sensitivity level, my lack of sensitivity, right? I can only be me. But then on the other side, the part of me that wanted so much to get to this point, you know, is like, here are these things that that make me a man, or here are these things, or here are the ways that men might typically react. Or when I do something, or I react in a more aggressive way, for example, like, I'm like, Ooh, sheesh, was that like, you know, I mean, so I'm somewhere in the middle. And I love this question, because I don't care what other people think per se. But I do care what I think, as it relates to how I work in the society as a man, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's different with everybody. Like it's different with my internal family unit. It's different with like male family members or close family friends. I mean, there's, there's different levels to this manness. And I think there's another show topic there too, you know, because there's things that I want to ask sometimes that how is that question going to come across? Like, is this really a safe question to ask dude to dude, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so that's what I think. I agree with this person's sentiment though, that like people are going to say whatever they're going to say, and you do not have to be a certain way for, for society or people. So that's what I think. Yeah. I love that. Right. And I think that that's what the, the trans community as a whole pushes those questions in our current society. You know, we can't help, but be a, uh, kind of a generator of those, uh, those issues and those, those questions that we may have as male and female, boy and girl, man and woman taken for granted before that these are the expectations and we will get policed, right? We socially police each other to act in certain ways. You know, we start with girls are going to wear pink and play with, you know, dolls and boys are going to wear blue and they're going to, you know, want to be in the army and go play in dirt and get in trouble and break things. We police each other. And if we, we operate outside of those, those norms and those expectations, there are consequences for that. And we started a very, very, you know, we start before a baby is born. Um, and yep. so thinking about that, being more sensitive to how that plays out, not only around us, but internally, I think that, that the, the trans community, the non-binary community, we do a very good job of exploiting those issues. And now that we do have voice and we are start, starting to tell our story, we're able to engage with more folks. And I think more folks are starting to look at themselves with those questions. Even if you identify yeah. as cis or comfortable with your biological sex and it matches your gender, you know, we're looking at toxic masculinity right now. We're yes. looking at feminism and postmodern feminism right now. So there's a lot of things that are happening in society. Trans is not the only, um, you know, group I think that's really exposing this, but I do think that we're helping that. And I think that's why our stories are even more important, you know, on a greater scale for society to, to start to, to grapple with and take a look at. Great point. Absolutely. I agree. I love that topic too. And I, I love hate it because it's like, uh, you know, I don't, I, you know, when I'm around kids, I want them to be them. Like play with whatever you want to play with. Like, what do you like? You want to play with that doll? I don't care. It doesn't make you anything, but a kid that wants to play with a toy, you know, and I'm, I'm very much that way. 
And again, when we're looking at ourselves internally, right? Like what kind of standards are we holding ourselves to? How are we carrying ourselves? Blah, blah, blah. And that's just, that's just being trans too, you know, and non-binary and trying to fit and figure it out. Mm. Um, I think we do an okay job of just being ourselves. Like I had to realize that I think testosterone may, I've been, I'm sensitive. I'm not going to lie. I am. I am sensitive in general ish, right. In certain things, but like, I think testosterone also put me overboard emotionally because like sometimes, like I said, I can go from zero to 90 in five seconds, but like depending could also probably be up, you know, when I get upset to be upset. And so I just think it's okay to have emotion mm-hmm. and be a man. You should like, you should. Cause like you're human. Like if something hurts your feelings, that's okay. <laughs> like your feelings got hurt. You have them, you know? So those are, that, that's why I love this topic. Cause it's outrageous sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting to become a man midlife, I think, you know, whether it's 20 or 40 or 30, like to become a man and to start to say, well, this is what it means to be a man. And then have to to question that, to dial it in, to say like, well, do I want to be that way? Because before (laughs) I was this way and this doesn't feel great to, to, you know, to change or to be interpreted in a certain way uh, that's super limited and doesn't allow you to have emotions or process them or vocalize them or communicate those or need help with them or whatever, right? Like there's all these things that you start to realize that when society starts to look at you and turn their lens on you as, as a man, the expectations it has from you, from you that you, they didn't have before. Uh, That's a, that's a, very interesting perspective to come from and we need to be able to share that experience because it's it's quite unique and I, I do think it lifts a veil on masculinity in general but I think on gender on yeah um you know identities on binary systems whatever it might be it's important for us to be able to share these reflections uh to ourselves to each other as friends and to the people around us and whoever's listening because These are important questions that as humans, we should be asking ourselves. Right. Absolutely. I agree. All right. So get this. We're at like three and a half minutes. I think we can do one more. Okay. All right. Yep. Okay. (laughs) This one, we'll do this one. It'd be good. This is kind of a scenario. So it says, I'm trying to figure out how to come out to my mom. She said some pretty transphobic stuff when a friend of mine came out, but that was years ago. And it seems like her views have changed. Another friend came out and she was happy for her, used correct pronouns, et cetera. Does anyone have any advice or some kind words? So this is a person that is thinking about coming out to their mom, but the mom doesn't have has not really shown support for them, but they've shown support. The mom's shown support for somebody else. Well, the first time the mom didn't do well mm-hmm. years ago when somebody came out, then somebody, then just recently someone came out and she's using the right pronouns and like being supportive. And so this person's like, I want to come out, but like, I'm worried what's she going to be like. I'm feeling a little better because she's kind of better now, but like what any advice for me? So what would you tell this person? I, with a couple minutes clicking down, I think I would say it's more about you than it is about your mom and you're not going to be able to change your mom. So, um, I would just, this is kind of the beginning of your life of being good at where you, you know, where you root and where you come from and how you present yourself. And then you've got to give up everything else of how someone else is going to react. And like we talked about in our last episode of coming out, um, 
you know, you want to do as much as you can to get your your resources and get support structures around you so that if it doesn't go well, you've got people to go to that can support you. But get yourself in a good spot and don't care so much. I know it's hard, but don't care so much about the reaction because you cannot control that. You just keep being you. You keep being good. You keep being strong. You keep telling your truth and find the other people that are going to support you. And hopefully one day mom will come around to a place that feels um, good and healthy for you. That's what I would say. Awesome. So Daniel started out with something I was going to say. So I'll start with kind words. Here's my kind words for you. You are amazing and strong and brave. And I am so proud of you. Very, very proud. And you doing that is the one of the most amazing things you'll ever do because it's your story and your power and, and it's yours, right? And nobody can take that from you. Those are my kind words. And I agree with Daniel on the advice. Like, this is about you. And if you feel like you're ready to come out, you know, you're ready. And, and like he said, you have to understand you can't control people's reactions. You don't know how they're going to be. Um, but you know why you're doing it because you want to get closer to being you. And remember, um, re remember that, remember your goal, right? Like, what, do, what are you trying to do? Um, and so I agree with Daniel 100%, but you got it. Mm -hmm. And we're here. Yep. You do. You got it. You got it. Mama come around, it. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if she doesn't, right, like, you know, you you have your support system, right? Your friends, your allies, your mentors, your role models. Um, you want to you want to get those people in place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you got to leave room people, you know, leave people room for development. Not everyone's going to be able to start where we want them to end. So, you know, also kind of leave people room to grow and be a better human. You know, we all deserve that opportunity. Wow. You ended that. At exactly oh, one at second left to go. Look at that. I didn't even have incredible. a timer in front of me. I mean, it's incredible. That's a good show. Incredible. Good questions. Mm -hmm. um, it was a good show. I like that. I love that. We should do that again, don't you think? Yep, we are going to be doing it again every single month. We are going to be doing a Q&A, um, but we are looking for our audience to let us know what they are interested in us answering. It can be about the trans community, about allies, about Lane and I personally, whatever you want to know, let us know, and we'll take 30 minutes every month and be able to answer your questions. Yes. Now, while you're doing that, we also need other stuff from you. This show, it's starting to grow, people. It's starting to grow, and we have you to thank for it, right? But we need you. We need you to subscribe on YouTube, and we need you to check out our website at thereconstructedman.com. Yep. Like us and rate us and keep sharing with others. That's right. Now keep rocking you because nobody can do you like you can. I'm Lane Ingram. And I'm Daniel Thurman. And this is the Reconstructed Man Podcast. Peace out. Peace out.